0: Hello everyone. Welcome back to Figuring It Out, the podcast, the podcast where I talk about everything I know and everything I don't know. This week, I want to talk about something that I feel is very, very important to recognize as we are coming up in our 20s, and that is the idea of living consciously. And essentially, what I mean by that is how do we become more conscious beings how do we become more aware of ourselves and who we are our place in the world how we fit into it how we relate to others i think this is a really really important topic because i believe your brain your frontal lobe at least is fully developed at 25 which is where i'm at now And then other parts of your brain, I know, can still be developing until you're 28. So this is something that we really, once we move away from our homes, we're living away from our parents. When we pause, take a step back and look at our behaviors, when we're not surrounded by the environment we grew up in, it kind of gives us a chance to undo some learned behaviors and gives us a chance to start all over, to read, to unlearn certain To unlearn certain behaviors or philosophies of life that we grew up believing. This era of our life is the time to undo a lot of those lessons because I do often say, like, being in your 20s is growing up all over again. You are becoming an adult, you're probably paying for most of your own belongings now, your rent, your car payment, groceries all those things. And as you step outside your bubble, and because I do believe once you move away, maybe you go to college, or if you go to a big city, you do a career shift, you start to meet more people, you have your eyes open to the rest of the world, and you start to see things for from different perspectives, and you start to become a, get a better sense of your place in the world and where you fit into it. But I also think that people aren't necessarily aware of some of their own trauma, some of their own, I hate the word triggers, but essentially they are triggers, things that set you off, things that cause you to react a certain way, make you have a bodily reaction that a lot of the times you go, why Why did I react like that? So I want to delve into that a little bit because the reality is I feel that most people don't live consciously, unfortunately. I don't think the average person... Sadly enough, moves through the world understanding okay, I behaved this way because of this that I learned from my childhood, and I need to unlearn that. Or I reacted like this because I have a rejection wound, and I hate when people reject me, and that's why I lost it on this person. And I also want to add. It's so important to live consciously because I really believe it's the secret to living a happy and fulfilling life because you're going to be able to move through the world as we love to talk about on this podcast, as the best version of you, you're going to relate to people better. You're not going to become, you're not going to be super reactive to certain things that have set you off in the past or, or do set you off. You're going to be able to take a pause, recognize, heal parts of you, or recognize what your inner child needs and move forward in a much healthier way. So first point I want to bring up is self-awareness. Self-awareness is key. And for anyone who has ever had a conversation with someone who has no self-awareness or very low self-awareness, it is a very, very, very frustrating thing because you try and communicate to someone something that they've done that upset you or made you feel a type of way. And there's a lot of time, a lack of accountability. A lot of times they don't really understand why you're upset at them. A lot of times if you start to set boundaries with them, they don't necessarily understand. Self-awareness isn't to shame people. I really think the big key here in developing your self-awareness is being aware of your own triggers, things that have happened to you that maybe you haven't unpacked or recognized and i know i've talked about the benefits of therapy a lot in this podcast at this point in my life i just think everyone needs to go to therapy and people probably listen to that and like no i don't really need to go Yes, you do. And I'm going to explain why. Because therapy, I think a lot of people just think it's an emotional release or they're like, oh, well, I am I like painting. So I that's my therapy. Art is my therapy. Okay, yes, fine. Art is your therapy. I love music. Music is my therapy. Exercising is my therapy. Meditation is my therapy. All these things are my therapies, yes. But going to a cognitive behavioral therapist or a dialectical behavioral therapist, depending on what you've been through. I go to a CBT therapist and it is so important because you really need to recognize things you have endured thought processes you have and how they've affected you and how they affect the way you move through the world. Therapy is not just an emotional release for you to get it out. It's a way for you to undo certain thought processes. I remember when I first started therapy in 2020, my therapist i was explaining to her the way my brain worked and i had been such an anxious mess for years but i was distracting myself with going to the gym i was distracting myself with diving completely into school with diving completely into whatever show i was in at the time i never gave myself time to stop and in the pandemic it just got to a point where i had to stop and sit with myself and i couldn't sit with myself and i was explaining to my therapist how my brain works and she actually gave me a sheet of, I believe it was 12 cognitive distortions, which essentially are brain patterns that aren't rooted in fact. And now I, I remember when she gave that to me, it was like this sigh of release because they were thinking patterns of like trying to predict the future, trying to understand someone's brain without actually knowing what they're feeling, making up scenarios in your head, thinking in completely black and white. And I remember reading all of those and feeling such a release because it was like, oh my gosh, this is, I don't want to say it's not normal, but it was almost like, oh my gosh, my brain, it it follows all of these distortions. Like there's a reason, like this is not actually how the world works, which sounds crazy and a little bit sad, but (laughs) I... It was such a breath of fresh air to realize, oh my God, that is not how the rest of the world works or how the rest of the world thinks. And even giving, she would give me articles on when I would start to disassociate, she gave me articles on letting all the thoughts you have pass through all parts of your brain. And I remember I would start to spiral and go into an anxious spiral and I'd go, hold on, stop you're skipping over that part of your brain that processes things logically and you're just letting it go to the defense part of your brain go to the part that processes things logically and she'd give me activities to do and it's exhausting it's work i have a friend right now who's going to therapy and she's realizing a lot of things about herself that she had no idea that she had no idea other people didn't feel that way and it's not to isolate you right it's just so you are aware hey You don't have to feel like that. You don't have to think like that. There's a solution and there's reasons as to why you process thoughts a certain way or why you process emotions a certain way. And that's what therapy is trying to do. And I think people really, if you're growing up in a house that is on fire all the time, the second the house stops being on fire, you notice it's not on fire. And that's almost like what it was when I went to therapy. Like I just always thought everyone thought the way I did and process the world the same way that I did and when I went I realized oh my gosh no that's not this is not how people process those thoughts and I think that a lot of people would be very 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 surprised to learn that they probably suffer from cognitive distortions emotional suppression and they don't even realize it and I think for me I've talked a lot about me being a people pleaser on the podcast. And that was something I actually used to pride myself on the fact that I was a people pleaser and bent over backwards to help people or be there for people, which is a good quality to some extent. But I saw this quote and it said, never light yourself on fire to make someone else warm. And i was slash have mended the person that would light themselves on fire to make someone else warm. And It's Somewhere along my childhood, I learned, or somewhere in my early adolescence, I learned it was easier for me to make other people happy than to make myself happy. And being a people pleaser is something that followed me into my whole life, essentially, where it was starting to affect my relationships with people. I've learned people pleasers have tendencies to attract emotionally unavailable partners. And after attracting maybe like, I can't tell you how many, I finally was like, okay, this has to stop. Uh, People pleasers also have a tendency to attract narcissists, which I haven't attracted that, thank God. And they also have a tendency to attract alcoholics, which I, in my people pleasing healing journey, did attract an alcoholic, which sucked because we did get along super well and we had so much fun. But he was an alcoholic, so that's probably why he was fun. And I realized, Oh, even as I'm doing the healing, there's still aspects of me that can attract this. It doesn't necessarily mean I'm as intense as of a people pleaser that I've been before, but there are still aspects of me that when I see someone struggling, just wants to jump in and help right away when at the end of the day, if someone doesn't want help, I can't help them. So it's really as you start to develop your self-awareness and live more consciously, refreshing to see oh wow i'm i'm getting there i'm getting closer and closer and you never really get 100 of the way there right you're always going to have things that come up things that make you upset things that trigger you traumatic things that happen throughout your life but as you become more and more self-aware it's a very rewarding feeling to feel like wow a year ago i would have spiraled or a year ago i would i would have tried to jump in and save this person but now i have the awareness and the knowledge that i i'm not going to do that Interestingly enough, as I just mentioned, as you go through life, you're going to accumulate more and more and more trauma, good and bad. And I think people think trauma has to be something super dramatic where you watched your entire family get murdered. That's not what trauma is. Trauma is something as simple as you believing one thing and then having that brain chemistry altered. So it could even getting cheated on is trauma. Learning that someone losing a really close childhood friend, that is trauma because your brain chemistry is being altered and your brain is going to survival mode, trying to adjust. And I think a lot of us aren't even aware of some of our traumas because our body naturally pushes them down, but things come up in our life that naturally bring these traumas up. And I recently had a scenario, and this is a personal story, so I'm going to try and leave it vague where my friends and I were talking and my one friend was talking about something traumatic that happened to him. And I said, that's not that bad. That happened to me with a guy when I was 21 and everyone kind of looked at me and I was like, no, that's guys, that's not bad. And I started to tell the story and I hadn't told the story in years, but I always had little flashbacks to it. And I started to tell the story and as I was telling it I was remembering things and I went oh my god that that was very traumatic once I realized it was traumatic it made sense how I moved forward with my dating life made sense. And you also, as you start to do this work, really have to be gentle with yourself because I remember thinking, I'm so stupid. How did I go four years of my life? I'm 25 now. How did I go four years of my life not recognizing that that is what happened to me? And I had to catch myself and say, no, all naturally wants to stop feeling bad feelings and push away bad things and be happy. So my body rejected it and didn't want to process it. And unfortunately, it did take that amount of time, but I processed it when I was ready. And I will say trauma isn't what happens to you. It's what happens in the aftermath because bad things can happen to you. But if you have a great support system and you're working through it and you're talking about it and you're going to therapy and you're putting in the work, it actually doesn't turn into trauma. It's when you push it down, don't address it, and suppress it that it becomes trauma, and that's when you start to have these certain triggers. I know someone who has a very deep-rooted rejection wound, and I think they know it, and whether they would like to admit it or not. I remember a situation where they were rejected, and they honestly unleashed a very ugly version of themselves onto the person they were speaking to and I remember trying to help that person but realize that this person just couldn't be helped whether that person is conscious of the wound or not that is going to follow them forever until they learn to address it and heal And being self-aware and living consciously also comes with taking agency and accountability and taking ownership of your own actions, accepting that you are working on things and there's nothing more frustrating when someone cannot take accountability for their actions. You are an adult and you need to recognize when you Additionally, in increasing your self-awareness, not only about your thought patterns and behaviors, but just understanding your emotions. So speaking from personal experience, I learned that I am someone who does not let myself feel anger. And I, when I get really, really angry, I always channel it into going on a run or I was really angry about something a while ago. And I, my anger was channeled into putting in all that energy into my work. But somewhere along the way, I learned that anger is a very aggressive emotion. I've seen anger go from zero to a hundred, and I think it's very—you know—we've all seen, I'm sure, violent anger or ugly anger in all of our emotions. There's a violent sadness, there's violent happiness, there's violent and calm to all of our emotions. And I, anger doesn't have to be violent. Anger is a secondary emotion, but because of that somewhere along the way I always channeled anger into something else which is not necessarily unhealthy but recently I was really upset at someone and I was talking to a friend about it and my friend started to get so viscerally angry for me and he's a very good friend because he feels all the anger I don't let myself feel but I he goes enough they're taking advantage of you they're making excuses put your foot down like tell them that they're screwing you over and I I it's not in my nature to necessarily do that, but seeing how this friend of mine processes their anger, it's not that I necessarily want to process my anger exactly like him. But it makes me self aware and go, why can't I put my foot down? Why can't I? Why can't I just recognize that not everyone has the best intentions all the time? And you know, there's pluses and minuses to that, which is a whole other tangent. But. That's something in increasing my understanding of how I process emotion has become a flag to me. Now, the second part, I just want to acknowledge why this work is so important to do now. And as I mentioned, your brain is still developing into your mid to late 20s. So I think that's why it's so important to start to do this work now. And it's important to make sure you're not bringing certain negative behaviors, thought patterns, emotional patterns into your adult relationships granted i think we're always healing but i think certain behaviors are always in us and i know for myself as i mentioned like people pleasing is probably always going to be something that is in me when i set a boundary it's always going to make me uncomfortable and that will probably never change but it's just being conscious of that that okay i'm about to set a boundary and my body is going to have a very visceral reaction but here we go. And I think if you want to live a happy life, this is something that's really important to do. And this is why I love that everyone in our generation is essentially going to therapy because I see us becoming more conscious of our own behaviors and actions. But also someone said to me recently, well, 60% of marriages end in divorce and 10% are probably in unhappy relationships. And I pushed back on that and I said, Well, yes, but I also think the average person lives very unconsciously. I think the average person, probably 80% of Americans, hate their jobs. I think that 80% of Americans are unconsciously depressed. I'm also making up that statistic. I don't know what the number is, but I think a lot more Americans live very unhappy lives than we realize. I think a lot of people around the world live very unhappy lives. And I pushed back and I said, But I think that that is because people don't communicate effectively. People aren't aware why they're unable to communicate. People are unaware of what sets them off. So they're losing it on their partner for the smallest thing. So they're losing it on their partner for dropping a fork on the ground, but they don't realize that it's not anything to do with the fork on the ground. People don't even realize that there's subconscious triggers day after day after day. I read this book called Conscious Living by Gay Hendricks. And this one woman was molested when she was younger and she went to have sex years later. Well, I mean, she was like obviously having sex, but she was dating this guy and they went to have sex and she freaked out, like fainted. And in her therapy, she said, you know, I was molested when I was younger, but I've obviously had sex since then. I don't know why, why this happens. And they realized that the way that her partner at the time Put the glasses on the nightstand was the same exact way that her abuser put his glasses on the nightstand right before he molested her. And so her body kept track of that. And again, are we going to know where every single one of our triggers comes from? No, I really don't have one specific memory of why being a people, where I learned to be a people pleaser. I'm sure it stems partially from being an older sibling. I'm sure it stems from something way early that I'm just not going to be able to remember but it's important to at least acknowledge it. And I will say too, I am a very passionate person about meditation. My friends know that I've actually upped my meditation now to 30 minutes every morning and sometimes 30 minutes later in the day as well. And so as I've been meditating, I've had this really weird kooky experience with, which anyone who doesn't meditate, they're going to think I'm on a lot of drugs, but I've had this weird experience of I've been able to unlock memories subconscious memories from way early childhood pretty recently i just all of a sudden remembered all these things that existed different toys and stuffed animals and rocking chairs that existed in my third grade classroom that i completely forgot about which they say that happens when the body's completely relaxed so that was really 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 interesting for me And it sort of made me aware of, wow, there's so many things from my childhood that I don't even remember that are probably affecting me day after day after day. And I want to also add that it's so important to put this into practice because a lot of times I feel I speak with people and a lot of maybe there's certain traumas or the people that have really affected them and made their lives difficult. They're operating in the same way, and I don't think people realize that we are more inclined to operate like the people who have traumatized or abused us, if that's something we have experienced, than we realize we are. Those parts of us, that is how our body processes and cycles trauma. So if you were abused as a child, whether you recognize it or not, you were actually probably more inclined to abuse someone else than you realize i know someone who complained to me that they had a parent who did not know how to process their emotions and would lash out and then act like nothing happened and then this person i saw this do them over and over to other people and moving totally unaware that they were just like this parent and again you can't prevent what happens to you in life but at the end of the day Being an accountable and responsible adult and a functioning member of society, you have to say, okay, this happened to me and it's my responsibility now to address it. Do what I need to do so that I'm not passing on that trauma to somebody else in the future. It's hard. Living consciously is not an easy thing. You have to have really uncomfortable discussions sometimes you cry in therapy sometimes you make your therapist cry (laughs) um I'll never forget this is a funny story when I started going to therapy I was explaining to my therapist how my brain worked and everything I was just like thinking about at the time and everything I was blaming myself for and I literally saw her wipe away a tear and she was trying to be so discreet about it but she just wasn't But it kind of made me feel good because like, oh, wow, okay, this is so crazy. Listening to it makes someone else cry. So yeah, I don't really know how to go come back from that one. And as I mentioned, it's hard work. It's not an easy thing to do. Living consciously, reading self-help books, doing hard things, having tough conversations, having conversations with people that you're being honest and saying, you really let me down then. And having honest conversations with people you love and just saying, you know, that actually really hurt me when this thing happens when I was really young and holding them accountable. And sometimes those conversations are not necessary to have. Sometimes you can kind of heal them on your own, but sometimes you do need to have that conversation with the person who affected you to heal it, you know, within reason. Not everyone, as I mentioned, is living a conscious life. So sometimes you have to live with not having that conversation. But I promise once you start this work and start healing and recognizing the ways you can live consciously and become more self-aware, you are going to become such a happy, present version of yourself. I promise you. And that's all I have for you this week. If you like this episode, please leave a review, share with a friend, share with someone you think could benefit. I promise it'll make their day. Until next time, everyone. Ciao, ciao. Bye.